I tell you, there's a lot of folk uh, this morning. Got a lot of problems in life, and uh, problems are part of life, amen? But I'm glad this morning that it's well with my soul. Uh, whatever happens to this flesh, I guess happens to this flesh. There's a lot of things out of our control. But the many has received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. I'm glad there was something one day, Brother Shane, in my control. The Holy Ghost of God arrested my heart, showed me that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. Uh, call upon that name which is above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's been well with my soul ever since then. And I appreciate uh, that a great deal. If you will, Proverbs chapter number 31 uh, this morning. Proverbs chapter number 31. I want to say I appreciate the singing this morning. appreciate you singing out like you know what you're singing about. And I appreciate that a great deal. Enjoyed the singing a, a great, great deal this morning. Brother Marvin had it stepped up in another gear this morning. He was bellowing it out. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. He was singing louder than I was, and I'm known for being a loud mouth a little bit sometimes, but he was really pouring it on this morning. I appreciate that. All right, Proverbs chapter number 31. I feel like this is the message that the Lord would have on uh, this morning for us to preach. I'm going to read. I'm going to start in verse uh, 1 and probably work through the whole chapter. So you just keep your seat this morning. And uh, what I'll probably do rather than read my text and then, uh, I, well, I may just read one or two verses of Scripture and then start in verse number 1. But you can keep your seat this morning. Uh, we'll see what the Lord has uh, in store for us. All right. Let's read uh, verse number um, 30, verse number 30, Proverbs chapter 31, verse number 30, the Bible says, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for our salvation. We thank you for the plan of salvation. We're thankful, Father, for uh, the death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask if there's one that's not saved this morning, that this morning would be that morning that they would call upon you, Lord, in salvation, put their hope and trust in you. Lord, I thank you for the occasion uh, today, the, the celebration of mothers. And Lord, I ask that you'd help us for a little while as we look into this uh, very familiar portion of Scripture. Pray, God, that you'd anoint us afresh this morning, hide us behind the shadow of the cross. We'll thank you, Father, give you glory and honor. Please give us clarity of thought and speech as we attempt, Lord, to do what we are unable to do in this flesh. But Lord, we yield ourselves to you this morning as a willing vessel. Under your honor, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of you. And we pray, God, you'd help us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So uh, what, what I want to look at this morning, if the Lord would help us here, is in this proverb, Proverbs chapter number 31, the Bible says in verse number 1, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. I want to call your attention right off the... Uh, the forefront of this. Uh, this is a, a teaching, if you will, from a mother to a son. Now, a lot of times it'd be real easy for a man to preach this portion of Scripture uh, and seem to be very chauvinistic. Uh, and that's not my, not my heart uh, this morning. And for those of you who weren't in my Sunday school class this morning, I assure you the men are getting a dose of what it is to be husbands to their wives, all right? So they're not picking on women, but uh, we're going to look at mothers this morning. And I, I want to say this, any, anybody, uh, man or woman, it doesn't take a whole lot of, of brain power to have a child. Uh, it's a pretty natural thing for a man and woman to uh, come together and have that of a child. But I want to look at the uh, biblical definition uh, of a mother this morning, what the Bible uh, uh, says about a mother. I want to say this, God uh, had some requirements in that of a mother, for God chose a mother for his only begotten son. 
You understand that uh, God bankrupt heaven and sent the Lord Jesus Christ into a lost and dying world. Uh, the, the, he, he came that we might be saved. Amen. And uh, so we, we understand that. But God was going to have his son come in the form of flesh. All right. And we find that in Galatians chapter number four. And uh, God chose a specific woman. And we look this morning in Luke chapter number two in Sunday school. We find that Mary had found favor with God. And so God seen a lady that he thought would be the mother that he wanted for his only begotten son. Now you understand this morning that uh, uh, when we look at Proverbs chapter number 31, that there's a concerned mother uh, to her son, a son, if you will, that was going to have status. The Bible said the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. This proverb is a proverb uh, that is a, a, a prophecy that was given to this king from his mother. And so this man had notoriety, he had status in society. Uh, he was a man that had responsibility, but he had great power. And this mother comes to this son who uh, is a king, as we find it in Proverbs 31, and begins to give him some advice. Not just regular old uh, advice, but counsel from a mother to a son uh, that would help him. And so this mother is telling this son what kind of a wife this man should be looking at. So see here, the Bible says, what my son and what the son of my womb and what the son of my vows. Give not thy strength unto women nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. In other words, there's some things that you can do. You have the power, you have the money, you have the ability to make some decisions and to do some things in your life that can cause you to go down a wrong road. You have all these things at your disposal, but I'm warning you what not to do. And she's saying, give not thy strength unto women. There's been many a man destroyed, many a home destroyed because of a man's willingness to mess around with the opposite gender. And so here's what we find here. The Bible says, give not thy strength unto women or thy ways that which destroyeth kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink. Now anyone that understands the, 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 uh, what wine or what alcohol can do to the mind, it will cause you not to have sobriety. And a king cannot rule well if a king does not have sobriety. So she's trying to warn him here, you need to be in your right mind. You need to be, uh, you need to be aware of what's going on. And so the Bible says here, um, it is not for kings of Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine or for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery. No more. Open thy mouth for the dumb and the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth. Judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Then she goes on to say this, and this is what I really want to deal with, verses 10 down through verse number 31. She says, who can find a virtuous woman? Now, first of all, there's been, uh, there's been a, an understanding in verse number 3. She's already warned him not to give strength unto women. That is plural. All right, but then she says here, who can find a virtuous woman? All right, and then the Bible goes on to say, for her price is far above rubies. I want to say this, you understand a king has all things at his disposal. A king has the money to do what he needs to do. He's got the, the hierarchy and status, if you will, uh, to, to, to be the top of the chain of command. But we find here that this, uh, this admonition or this advice, this counsel from this mother to her son that said, who can find a virtuous one for our price is far above ruby. So first of all, I want you to see uh, that there is a particular type of woman we are referencing here that is a virtuous woman. That is the substance. And so we see here that her price is far above rubies. So we don't just see the substance, we don't just see the virtue, but we see the value. All right, and notice here, if you will, the Bible says is far above rubies. In other words, you can't pay her 
what she's worth. Oh, King Lemuel, you have all these things at your disposal, but a virtuous woman, you don't have the ability to pay her what she is worth. And I want to say this. It's worth a lot today, friend, to have a spouse who is a virtuous woman. All right, now, we need to look at, at this matter of virtuous. Virtuous simply means this, being in conformity to the moral or divine law. It also means to be chaste, which is free from obscenity. This is according to Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary. And so I want you to understand here that being in conformity to the moral divine law, a virtuous woman has conformed her life to what thus saith the Lord God. I want to say this, you have no chance this morning of being a virtuous woman or being the spouse to a virtuous woman when that woman will not yield herself to that of the word of God. All right, so we see here who can find a virtuous woman for her, her price is far above rubies. We see the substance being virtue. We see the price that being the value. And so the Bible says the heart of her husband does safely trust in her. Oh, many a man has trusted in his wife, but can you safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil, no waste, if you will. Now, in other words, this king having all these things at his disposal, she's advising him about a virtuous woman, the value of this woman, and then he's, she is letting him know that a virtuous woman, you can safely put your trust in her. A man that has a spouse that is yielded to that of the word of God and what thus saith the Lord can be safely trusted. So that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar off. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. Her work, we find here, seems to never be done. She's looking towards uh, the, 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 the help of her house. The Bible said here she had no need to spoil. We're talking about waste. She's not a wasteful person. But she's seeking uh, the, the, to bring, uh, she bringeth her food from afar off. She, in other words, she's looking, Brother Shane, to spend the money wisely. She's paying attention. She's not frivolous in her spending. Says so she arises also while it's yet night and giveth meat to her households and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field. Notice this, if you will. When we find verse 15, we see here she giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. Now the maidens, you'd understand, would technically by hierarchy be lower than her. But a woman that loves the Lord and loves the word of God will treat people that are lower than her in social status uh, as, as, as God would treat them. So we, we look on here and says she considereth a field and buyeth it. In other words, what she purchases, she first considers it, amen. And then it says with the fruit of her hand, she planteth vineyard. Can I say this to you? A woman that you can safely trust in. Woman that loves the Lord. It's all right to give her some control over some money. Give her some money. Give her some, give her something. We're not trying to suppress and beat down that of the opposite gender here. A woman that can be trusted. You can give her your checkbook. You can give her your bank account. And you can trust her to do what's right with it. Because she's not looking for her own carnal pleasure, but she's looking to please that of the Lord Jesus Christ, to, to, for her God the Father. So she girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. Let me back up to verse 16. I missed part of that. She considers the field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hand she planteth a vineyard. What she purchases, she purchases it with the idea that it will bring something to the table. It will, it will be a, it will be a purchase that keeps on giving for the betterment of her family. What she purchases, she purchases to work with her hands to, to bring something forth for her family. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise it's good. Her candle goeth out, or not out by night. So she's always considering 
Always working. Seems like a, a wife's job, a mother's job is just never done. I mean, there's a lot of people, they'll clock in in the morning. I was talking to Brother Ray, he said he's so glad to be back on eight-hour shifts. And I was thinking about his work schedule and my work schedule and others and all that's going on. But when you clock in and you clock out, you expect to be done. But it seems like a wife or a mother's job is just never done. And says, so she perceiveth that her merchandise is good, her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretched out her hand to the poor, yet she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. All right, so this shows that she's not just good to, good to her family out of obligation, but she's good to her family because she has something in her heart. So how do you know she has something in her heart? Well, a woman does what she does sometimes for her family out of obligation, just like a husband will sometimes do what he does for his family out of obligation. But this woman's not just being good to her family, she's being good to others since she stretches out her hand to the poor. She reaches forth her hands to the needy. Listen, this is something that you can't legislate. Husbands talk about being, being the, the head of the home. You cannot legislate righteousness. You cannot legislate a woman to do what she does not want to do. But a woman that you can safely trust in is a woman that puts the word of God and what God has to say above everything else. And that kind of woman has a heart, that friend, that you cannot put in somebody. Only God can do that, friend. Since she is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. In other words, whatever comes, whatever may show up in life, she's trying to be prepared for it. She's looking well to the ways of her house, even out into the future. Since she maketh herself coverings of tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. Now, I'm not going to dwell here long, but I thought about this particular portion of Scripture. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. Why is that in there? Why is that in there? Because he's known for the type of home that he has. She has helped to make him what he is. Can I say I stand before you today understanding that I am what I am by the grace of God, but from the help of my wife, she has helped me achieve things that I could not have achieved had it not been for her support, for her help, and for her scotching me up. And I thank God for that. Said her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and not she does what she can with what she has to do. With, with, with what resources she has, she does all that she can with the resources that are given to her. Listen, there's a lot of people today, financially, they are different than other homes. Some homes are better off financially, more better off financially than others. But the idea is a, a woman that has the right kind of heart will take the resources that God has given her and do with it what she can. And I thank the Lord for that. That's what, that's what helps make a house a home. And so we see here that uh, her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and sell it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Well, I'm going to tell you something. All of us, every man, woman, boy, and girl have got an evil member inside of our lips. But a woman that loves the Lord, that trusts God, one that you can put your trust safely in, one that has the kind of heart we see in verse number 20, she opened her mouth with wisdom. She's the type of woman that does twice as much listening as she does speaking, but the Bible says in her tongue is the law of kindness. When she finally does speak, it's not venomous, it's not, it's not wicked that comes out of her mouth, but it's, it is uh, in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. She's not just sitting around, but she's busy looking to do anything she can to help benefit her home. All right, and I appreciate that. But it says, her children arise up and call her blessed. Now, understand that there's a couple definitions for the word blessed. We use it as blessed. The Lord has blessed me. But we'll also say things like, we bless the name of the Lord. And what that means is to extol. Extol is exalted in commendation, praised or magnified. 
Now listen, there's a lot of young children that don't understand the blessings that they've been given by being raised in a godly home by a godly mother that puts God first in her life, that sings praises unto Him, that looks well to the ways of her house. A child that's born into that cannot appreciate it right off of the bat. But as time goes on, as they grow up and they're, they're raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and they start to see a life as life really is. See, that's the thing about growing up. When you grow up, you get to experience life as it really is. We guard our children. We protect our children. We try to do what's right for our children. But one day, they'll be mothers and fathers of, of their own homes, and they're going to have children to protect themselves. And I, I, I'm telling you, you don't really ever know how much your folks loved you until you have children of your own. And when you have children of your own, you have the ability to see how much your mother and your father either cared about you or did not care about you. Uh, there's sometimes you look at your children and you, and you see things that God's doing in your life for your children and realize there were some things maybe uh, wasn't done for you that should have been done. But, but being able to experience that will help you to see some things. Because our children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also and he praiseth her. Now we like to talk about sometimes how the Bible teaches us that a, a elder that rule well, you know, he's worthy of double honor. And uh, we, we, we are real careful and I believe as good Christian people that try to do what's right, we do not try to make a name for ourselves. We're not trying to lift ourselves up and we should never try to, to draw attention to our name, but to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, everything we do, we do hoping that if someone sees us, they see let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. We're trying to we're trying to, to show Christ. We're trying to exemplify Him. But I want to say this: there's something to be said for a woman that loves the Lord, that looks well to the ways of her house, that cares about this King James Bible, that's trying to do all she can for her house. There's something to be said for her. Her children rise up and call her blessed. They, they are extolling something. There's commendation. There's praise. We're magnifying that position. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Let me say this to you men, if you've got a wife or you've got a mother that loves that Bible and tries to live by the word of God, you ought to tell her so. You ought to praise her. You ought to thank her. You ought to love her for what she's done. Said many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. So here's what I want you to, to see if I can. Proverbs 31 is the ideal woman. According to the word of God here, this is what a mother would look for uh, in a spouse for her son. Now, I think you'd agree with me that every mother uh, is real choosy and picky about the kind of wife that, uh, that her son's going to marry. She's got an opinion. I believe a godly woman ought to have an opinion on what kind of spouse uh, her son would marry. A father too. But what I'm saying here, this is what's considered to be the, the perfect woman. According to the word of God, this is what a woman should be striving to be like. And so here's what I want you to see, though. It said, many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. What we just read here, top of the line, doesn't get any better than that. I want to say to you, it doesn't get any better than this right here. But the Bible does say, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. You know what all this encompasses, everything we just read? You know what makes this what it is? A woman that fears the Lord. Not a woman that fears her husband. Oh, we don't live in a day where, where men come in with bats and drag their wives in caves by the hair of the head and beat the fire out of them. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about that if the Lord doesn't do this in the heart of a woman, it won't get done, friend. And just like if, if the Lord doesn't do what a man needs to have done in his heart, it won't be done right. He won't lead the home as Christ loved the church and, and he won't love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it because it's not natural for a human to give of themselves for anybody. It has to be worked in the heart. It said, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. I, I, I'm not picking on anybody this morning. Listen to me. There's a lot of people that's, that's doing all they can, spending all they can. They're trying to get rid of the wrinkles and they're trying to get the skin the right color and the hair the right color and just the right way and they're forgetting the bigger picture here. 
And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with taking care of yourself. What I'm saying is ultimately, though, we're concerned about the wellness and the well-being of our children and our homes. And if every mother this morning would get concerned about that, we'd take our churches back in 2021. If every husband would be what he ought to be for the glory and for the honor of God, we'd take our churches back. I was talking to the men this morning in Sunday school about how Joseph, the angel, come to Joseph and told Joseph that Joseph needed to take Jesus and Mary and depart because Herod was going to kill uh, Jesus. He wanted to kill Jesus, that Jesus was in danger. Now the angel came to Mary and said, I'm going to use your body. I'm going to use you as a willing vessel unto my honor. He didn't ask permission to use Mary. Notice that. He did not ask permission if he could use Mary's body for Jesus. But he didn't let her know what he was going to do. But it was God who went to Joseph to protect Mary and to protect Jesus. And so here's what I want you to see. Favors is evil and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Let me say this. You can't be the kind of woman that Proverbs 31 is teaching about and not no one take notice of it. Listen, we're, we're in such a famine today for godly women and godly men that when you finally do see one, you stand back in awe, if you will. It says, give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Give her the fruit of her hands. Well, let me say this. The fruit of her hands, this woman is, is worth more than all the rubies that you could put together. Her, her price is far above rubies, but we are to what? Give her of the fruit of her hands. So what's that mean? It means to treat her like a queen. How would a king treat his wife? She's the queen. We ought to treat our wives like queens when they love the Lord and they, they and, and I know my wife's amen in this right now and I've got a whole lot of improving to do, amen? But what I'm saying is this, women that try to love the Lord and they try to take the Bible and they try to look well to the ways of their house, they're in the house of God three times a week when the doors are open, they're looking to do what God wants to do, they're trying to, to, to live a life that's pleasing to God. Those women should be praised. They should be magnified. It is the older women, the New Testament that Paul wrote, the older women are to teach the younger women what? How to love their husbands. How to love their children. If we had some women like this today that was in their 50s, 60s, 70s that was helping to train up a younger generation of wives and mothers, friend, we would be doing something today. It was God, friend, that told Joseph to take Mary and to take Jesus and to flee because Herod was going to kill all those babies. All those that were two years old and younger. It wasn't Joseph's job, Brother Marvin, to save every child that Herod was going to kill. It was Joseph's job to protect Jesus Christ from that of Herod. If every mother and father would do what God called them to do in the ability that God gave them and in the capacity that God had given friend, we'd take back our churches. We'd save our children today. And listen, our ministry starts at home. Regardless of what God has you to do, regardless of what God has called you to do, your home is where it starts. It should not end there, but it must begin there. You'll never be anything for God if you cannot raise your children right, if you cannot do right according to that Bible. Listen, a preacher that lets his children run around and do whatever that they want to do, friend, will not be used of God if he cannot get his home under control. That's why there's a qualification in the Word of God for that of a pastor, how that his home is helping to, to prove and to show what kind of man he is. Listen, what kind of person are you today will be shown by what kind of family family you have. How your family is. And listen, you, you have to understand foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. They're born with foolishness. It's not to say that you're a bad parent because your child has got foolishness. You're not a good parent though if you don't correct them according to this King James Bible. If we'd correct our children, if we'd raise our children, if we'd love our wives, if wives would be the mothers that God called them to be today in a, in a land where everybody's trying to please themselves today. We care more about careers than we do our homes. Amen right there. I know that's hard. It stings a little bit. But mamas are too, too, uh, uh, too interested in careers and not interested in raising their children right. And when you get like that, friend, you run into the situation we're in today in this nation. I still remember that my grandmother, she was a woman. 
and she took care of her home. And I loved to go to my grandmother's house. And I didn't even appreciate her like I should have till after my grandfather was already gone. Everybody come to grandpa, everybody come to papa to visit. But it was mamma who was always taking care of everybody. Mamma always had something to eat. Mamma always was loving on you and taking care of you. You know what? We don't have mammals anymore. We've got nanas and new news and whatever you call them today. I'm still in favor of mammals and grandmas today. I'm still favoring women that love the book and want to teach these younger women how to live and how to take care of their homes and how to, to be a sacrifice. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. We have a generation today of women that act like they're being suppressed and pushed down and beaten back. And, and, and listen, that's not it. We're all sacrificing. We're all just trying to do what God tells us to do in the channel in which he has given it in his way. This is not my design, it's God's design today, friend. We have left the design for the home today. We've walked off from it. We have left it, friend. Now here's what I want you to understand. We see the virtue, we see the value, but then we see the veneration. That's a strange word, but let me give you the definition. Veneration is the highest degree, the highest degree of respect and reverence. Respect mingled with awe, a feeling or sentiment excited by the dignity and superiority of a person or by the sacredness of their character. Proverbs 31 is a woman that is just absolutely covered with character. And her character comes from her relationship to the Word of God and to God the Father. All right, and so uh, having said that, we see that there is a woman here in Proverbs 31 that has virtue, has high value, and then we see the veneration of this woman. People that see her, respect her, they're in awe of her, they have a feeling of sentiment excited by the dignity and superiority of this particular person. Now listen, just the other day we talked about Eli having a revelation with no reformation, how he led let his sons do things that they were not supposed to do. We looked at his position as a priest, but he 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 and he failed in that position. Amen. He did not do what he was supposed to do in that position. But regardless of whether he failed to do what he'd done as a priest or not, it could be said that his number one failure wasn't his failure as a priest, but his failure as a father. Eli could have been the father that God called him to be and salvaged Israel from having the ark of God taken from them. They lost the power of God, friend, in their land because there was a man who could not be the father that God had called him to be. We're blaming things on preachers. We're blaming things on churches. We're blaming things on Sunday school teachers when in all reality, friend, it's not you, but it's me that needs to get right with God. Amen? It's not me, but it's you that needs to get right. All of us need to go home today and start trying to be the mothers and the fathers. Listen here. And the children that God called us to be. Children are to obey your parents for it is right in the Lord. Amen. God requires some things out of fathers and mothers and children. But it has to be taught. We're not teaching them today. We have the revelation like Eli but we have no reformation today. Uh, we, we was somewhere, I don't remember where we was the other day, this woman got onto her daughter or her son because he crossed the barrier uh, and went under the barrier and we know barriers are there for a reason. And she gave him a good scolding and then he went back and done it again and she just ignored him. That's what Eli done. Eli went and talked to his sons but he ended up just letting them do what they was going to do. And so we, we understand that we see that his position as a father is where he failed. All right, and, and so let me say this. It's not what we can't do that's causing us the problems today. We, we just went through on Wednesday nights and we were teaching and talking about what the Bible meant when it said for women to keep silence in the church. And I know everybody gets all woolly boogered over that one, you know. They don't know what that means. And so we took some time and was teaching through that and trying to express what it is for a woman to ask her husband at home about questions and concerns that she thinks maybe something's wrong in God's house. She goes through it and she channels it that way. And so we were talking about that. And it almost seems like women are suppressed. But I want to say to you this. It wasn't Joseph that brought Jesus Christ to a lost and world. It was Mary. Now Joseph had some, some things that he had to do. 
But Joseph will never be known, Brother Shane, for being the one that delivered Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. He just doesn't have the notoriety that Jesus' mother has. But can I say he still had a part to play? A part that God utilized and channeled in his position to save Jesus Christ and Mary from the hands of Herod. So here's what I'm saying to you. It's not what we can't do that's causing us the problem today. There's some things I can't do. I'll never birth a child. I'll never be a mother. Contrary to what 2021 says. Amen. But what I'm saying to you is this. My wife plays an important role that I cannot feel. I play a role that I cannot feel. The idea here is not that I should be mad that I can't play my wife's role or that my wife can't have my role. The problem is, is are we fulfilling the role that we've got in the capacity that God wants us to fulfill it in? And so what I'm saying, it's not what we can't do that we need to be worried about. It's what we can do that we're refusing to do today. Amen. The most important things are often the things we do not see the most value in. There is great value in a woman that loves the Lord, that looks to the ways of her household. You can trust in a woman like that. A sacrifice, Brother Shane, is a sacrifice no matter who you are. There's a lot of men that are frustrated today because they can't be women. A lot of men, women that get frustrated because they can't be men. Let's just be what God called us to be and focus on trying to do it in the best way that we know how. Our sufficiency is not of ourselves, it is, it is of God. Amen? All right, so a sacrifice is a sacrifice no matter how you are, or no matter uh, how you figure it. And so uh, you understand here that uh, I, I make some sacrifices today in my career to help take care of my family. My wife, she sacrifices. It's a sacrifice to be the wife that God called you to be. It's a sacrifice to be the mother that God called you to be. It's a sacrifice to be the father God's called you to be. But listen, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, why are we being the fathers that we ought to be? Obligation? No, because we love him. When you start being the father that God wants you to be for his glory, you're getting somewhere. When you start being the mother that you ought to be because God gets the glory out of it, you're going to get somewhere. When you can be a father and a mother that does what they do for the glory and for the honor of God, not just because of obligation, you can start raising kids that serve and honor God because they want to love Him, not because it's out of obligation. There's a lot of kids growing up doing what they do out of obligation, but when they hit the trail at 18 years old, they're off doing whatever. I'm afraid we're not showing them and instilling in them an example of what it is to bring glory and honor to God. The home is a picture of the relationship between the church and the Lord Jesus Christ. You understand that? It's a living example. And so we, we see here, there's more to this though in Romans chapter number one. It says, uh, after it says, which, uh, after it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a, whole, uh, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The Bible says, and be not conformed, to this world. Be not conformed. What, what was virtuous? You remember the definition of virtuous? The definition of virtuous is being in conformity. In conformity to what? Divine law. So we find here that, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you have a renewed mind? The only way to renew your mind is through the Scripture. The only way to do what's right is know what God says about it. Let the word of God, that, that lamp which is a light into my feet, a lamp, uh, a light into my path. So we find here it says, um, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. You know what happens a lot of times in our homes? We start thinking more highly of ourselves. You know why women don't have, have a problem with being mamas and wives today? Because they think more highly of themselves. They deserve to be doing something else. They deserve to be doing this. They deserve to be doing that. We don't, none of us deserve anything but hell. And our children are going to go there if we don't start giving to him what's rightfully his. He bought us. I'm not my own. I was bought with a price. This property that I, that my, that I'm in today belongs to God. And it's supposed to be doing what God wants it to do. I'm not doing what I want to do. I'm supposed to ask God, Lord, what do you want me to do with these hands you give me, these feet you give me, these eyes and ears and this mouth that you give me? But we act like it's ours. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to live it up. Well, I got an opportunity to live it up. I only got one, one round at this thing. Hey, man, life is but a vapor. You're going to waste everything, friend, for nothing. 
You're going to waste everything for nothing. You can't take anything with you to glory. You can't take your money. You can't take your houses. You can't take your boats. You can't take your, your, your nothing. But you can take your children. Amen. And that's what we need to be focused on today is making sure our children get to glory. All right, so it says here, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. To think soberly. According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now there's two words that Paul uses in the context of sacrifice in Romans 12, 1 through 3. That's conformity or conformed and soberly. Titus 2 shows that young women are to be sober. Sober. Let me give you the definition of sobriety. Sobriety is freedom from intoxication, which is a mind-altering substance. Habitual freedom from enthusiasm, inordinate passion, or overheated imagination, calmness, coolness, being sober is being, friend, in your right mind. Now you understand that when we look at Titus chapter 2, it's the older women. That we, our, these older women are teaching our younger women how to love their husbands, how to love their children, right? And we're, we're trying to instill sobriety in a generation today. You know how we get so, sober? Through the Word of God. You'll remember it was that maniac of Gadara, friend, that, that couldn't be bound. He was often bound with fetters and chains, and he tore them asunder, and he was running around naked, and he lived in the, in the, in the rocks and in the tombs. But when Jesus showed up, and Jesus talked with, the, with this maniac of Gadara, and he drove the, the, the devils out of him and into the herd of swine, we find that that man was sitting in clothes and in his right mind. What's that mean? He was sober. Only Jesus can make you sober. Only Jesus, only His Word can give you sobriety because we, we, we know that all through the Scripture man tried to do what was right in the sight of his own eyes. But everything that man ever tried to do that was, in the, in the, that was right in the sight of his own eyes, he, he messed it up. But He left us His preserved Word to read from that gives us godly insight to see things through the eyes and through the mind of God. Isn't that amazing? You and I can see things and see this world through the eyes and the mind of God if we want to. But a lot of us are not interested in that. But we see conformity and we see sobriety here in the context of sacrifice. We find sobriety and conformity in the context of Proverbs 31. We need sober women today. And we need women that will conform to the scripture. Alright, and so as we, as we understand that here, being sober uh, is being in your right mind. Now let me say this, and then I'm, I'm going to be done. Mary was chosen, but Mary was not asked. I want you to understand something. Part of being a sacrifice for the glory and honor of God is not that he asks us anything, for he don't have to ask what is his. The Lord does not have to ask me to do anything. The Lord guides me and tells me what direction I am to go. I want you to understand we all should be a sacrifice. If we are all living like the Lord tells us to live, we will be a sacrifice. You know, it's a sacrifice sometimes for a child to do what mom and daddy tells them to do. But we're training up children to understand they're going to grow up in a society where they still can't do everything that they think they want to do. That's what's wrong with the people. That's why our prisons are overflowing today. Because people are growing up thinking they're going to do what they want to do. Because mom and daddy let them. You're doing your children a great injustice today, friend, by not telling them and teaching and giving them boundaries and saying no to them when they need to be told no. So let me say this. Mary, uh, we know that, that all things were created by him and for him, right? All things were created for God. So let me say this. Mary was created for God. But Mary being created for God meant that Mary was created for Jesus. And here's what it was. Mary done something for this lost and dying world that no man could do. God took her in all, in all the things that Mary could not do. You understand here that women can't preach, right? They're not supposed to. Amen. Somebody say amen right there. I only had one amen that whole thing. According to the word of God, women don't preach. Women do not usurp authority or teach over the man, right? That seems like suppression to me in 2021. Let me say to you this. God took Mary and done something with her in the confines of what he designed her to do that nobody else could do. If you'll just do with what God has given you, if you'll just do everything you can in the, in the, in the, in the confines of, of what God is, is, is allowing you to do for the glory and for the honor of God, He can do something with you that He's not done with anybody else. 
Mary done something with her womanhood that no other woman has ever done. I want you to know that you can take your manhood and do for God what other men are not doing. You can take your womanhood in the confines of Scripture and do for a lost and dying world what no one else is getting done. It's not about not being able to do what others do. It's about doing with what God has given you to your fullest capabilities. Which is never enough anyway. We have to rely upon Him. So let me say this. God made Mary for Himself, but God made Mary for Jesus. And because she was willing, Brother Shane, to do what God had done for her, to do, she was willing to do what God had designed for her to do, that through her obedience to do what God wanted her to do with her womanhood, we understand that God didn't just make her for Him, God didn't just make her for Jesus, but she made Jesus for her. Mary, by allowing God to do with her what He wanted to do, brought Jesus Christ into a world that needed Him. And through Joseph's obedience as the father that he ought to be, and to God, to be the father he ought to be, and to be the husband he ought to be, he listened for the sound of the Lord. And when the Lord told him in a dream that he needed to take his family and go for the protection of Mary and for Jesus, he did that. Them working together in the confines of what God told them to do is the reason you and I today know that Jesus Christ made it to Calvary. He bled and died, and now we have salvation through him because of the blood that was shed that day. God chose a man. God chose a woman. What kind of man and woman did he choose? I'm going to tell you this. Say, oh, Mary must have been special. Joseph must have been special. No, let me tell you what they done. They were yielded. The only thing, listen, Mary wasn't perfect. I got news for you. We just, we just emphasize what the perfect woman was in Proverbs 31. But you're going to find, as we've read many times over here, I believe it's in Luke chapter number 2, that Mary and Joseph left the temple and walked a three days journey and realized Jesus wasn't with them. And had to turn around and walk three days to find him. And you know where they found him at? They found him at the temple doing God's work. And if you'll recall, she was so emotional and so distressed, and so worked up from having lost. Listen, when the angel comes to you and entrusts you with God's only son, I'd say that's a heavy thing. I'm going to tell you something. You ladies and you husbands, they've been entrusted with something. But she's walked off. She's got caught up in the daily grind of what's going on and realized she's lost him. She's gone back and found him again. But I want you to notice how she reacted to him. She really got on to him, Brother Shane. She, in her emotion, she jumped down his throat. <laughs> Why? Why have you done this to us? You know? Why? What injustice? She felt like she had been done an injustice. But he was just doing what God sent him to do. So let me say to you this. There's no perfect woman. Hello. Amen. There's no perfect man. That doesn't give us a license not to try to shape ourselves and conform ourselves into the image of God. But I'll say this to you children today. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, Jesus, and Jesus was subject unto her. <laughs> God in the flesh was subject unto the authority of his God given mother. And even though she wasn't perfect, and even though she didn't do everything just right all the time, the Bible does say that she hid those words in her heart when Jesus said what he was doing in that temple that day. That he was being about his father's business. She hid those words in her heart. Let me tell you what it all boils down to. Do you know what, the kind of, what kind of women we need today? The kind of women that will put things in their heart. That will consider from the heart what is going on. And, and as we've said many times, and I'm, I keep going back to this and I don't mean to, but when you get over to John chapter 2, it was Mary that told those at the marriage of Cana, do what he says. <laughs> he wasn't saying to them, saying to Jesus anymore, why are you doing this to me and Joseph? But she's saying you do what he says. You see a progression. Do you not see a progression in the life of Mary? Mary went from jumping on Jesus to telling everybody she was around, you just do what he says. You just do what he says. Let me tell you what we need today in the Baptist church and in our homes today. We need a progression. We need a progression today. Mary wasn't perfect, but here's what I want to say to you, and I'm done. Sister, if you'll come to the piano. Let's all stand to our feet. Mary wasn't perfect, but Mary wasn't stagnant. Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed a, 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 a flowing river or a flowing creek 
That doesn't ever get stagnant. But you take a pond that's closed up, an old farm pond that the cows get in, the water never moves and it's just always stagnant. There's moss and junk grows up on that thing. It's disgusting. You don't have to be perfect to be pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't be a rebel. Your heart has to be right. But I want to say this, Mary wasn't stagnant. She was moving. Stagnant is the state of being uh, without motion. I want to ask you the question, in your, in your motherhood, in your fatherhood, you as a child, are you stagnant? Or are you moving closer to that of the Lord Jesus Christ? Listen, I want you to notice one thing here as she begins to play softly. We find here that the Bible says, uh, She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children raise, uh, rise up and call her blessed and her husband also and he praised her. Then the Bible says, Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. There were some virtuous women, Brother Shane, that did not conform exactly to Proverbs 31. They were virtuous. What's that mean? Virtuous is being in conformity to divine law. There were some women that were conforming themselves according to the word of God. They may not have met every standard that's in Proverbs chapter 31, but their heart was right. They were moving forward. Listen, if you're sitting in the same place today uh, in, in, your, in your motherhood or your fatherhood or you as a child as you have in years gone by, you're, you're stagnant. You're, you're not moving forward. The idea of trans, being transformed to, to conforming into the image of God is to constantly take a census of yourself. And when the Holy Ghost of God and when the Scripture shows you where you're failing, you get on an old-fashioned altar and you say, Lord, I can't, but you can. Why? Because our sufficiency is not of ourselves, but it is of God. You cannot be the mother that you need to be without God. You cannot be the father you need to be without God. You cannot be the child God called you to be without God. And you cannot be with God, friend, if you ignore His house and ignore His book. And I'll say to this, friend, if you're not in God's house like you need to be, if you're not in God's book like you need to be, right there's where you need to start. That will help you, friend, become virtuous. That will help you be what you ought to be. Listen, God looked down in the, into the earth one day and said, I'm going to pick me out a man and a woman for my son Jesus. And those are the two that I want. And the only thing that set them apart from others, friend, is their willingness to yield to the will of God for their life and, and, and for His glory and to say, Lord, whatever you want from me, I'm willing. I can't help but think this morning that somebody, friend, in a crowd this size has got some things in their life that they are restricting God from. Lord, I'll give you this. I'll give you a little of that. But I'm not going to give it all to you. God said, I can't use a man and woman to be the father and the mother of my son if they will not yield to my will. Now, I want to say this. Are you the kind of mother or the kind of father that God could look at and say, ah, I could use them to raise my son. I want you to understand something. The children that you've got, God give them to you. Amen right there. My children, God give them to me. Oh yeah, it was my wife and I had these children, but it was a miracle of God that God give to us, friend. They, some folk don't have no kids. You know why? Because they can't. Listen, conception, friend, is a miracle unto God. God give you these children. God's entrusted them to you. And I want you to know you'll stand one day before him and give an account for how you raised them. How you give of yourself for your husband and your children or for your wife and for your children. And I'll tell you right now, if you'll just do what God wants you to do for his glory and honor, say, Lord, I'll give you everything. Whatever you want from me, Lord, I'll do it. Whatever you want from me, God, I'm willing. Whatever you ask of me, Lord, I'll, I'll answer the call. When you get that submissive friend to God, God will take your family and do a work in your family that you've never seen before. And he'll do something that's amazing and he'll help you salvage some children today for the glory and for the honor of God. If you need to come, you come as she plays.